Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oye, mi gente, it's June, and that means the start of summer. La playa, vacation. And it's also National Dairy Month. Makes sense. Ice cream, milkshakes, cheese on your burger and the barbecue. Okay, I'm about to start drooling all over this microphone. <laughs> no, claro that you're drooling. Pretty much all those summer favorites are made with real Florida dairy products. Okay, so that means they're not only delicious, but also nutritious. And don't forget locally sourced. Okay, now I'm really looking forward to a Florida dairy summer. Bueno, in that case, visit floridamilk.com or lechedeflorida.com today for info on the benefits of dairy and more ways to enjoy dairy all year long also don't forget to look for the number 12 under the sale by date on your gallon of milk if it starts with a 12 it's florida milk this is dj and this is ish and this is season Season six six of better let me tell you I put my little, I put my little dot on the third finger, and I was just what? like, I love that. Before I've, I hit record, and you guys have already hit the ground running. So I, I, I know we're gonna have a great time, mi gente. So. I am again here at the Arch Center. I mean, you know, you know, we love the Arch Center. We do a lot with the Arch Center. You know, we were here with Hashtag Grace. We've come to some the Broadway series. We do the community dance. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm going to ask if they have like a little, you know, bed I can just keep here and roll out once in a while. But this time around, we're here talking with three of the playwrights with this summer's summer shorts homegrown edition, which is the Arch Center and uh, in partnership with City Theater, presenting, I think it's what it is, eight short plays that are written by some of Miami's best and brightest emerging talents. And I mean, no shade to the other talent, but 
I'm gonna say I think I got the brightest here with me, just because because you're here with me um, so, <laughs> by default, by default, by default. So I have with me today uh, Ariel Cipolla, right? Did I pronounce that correctly or Cipolla? No, Cipolla. Cipolla. It's Italian. It's Italian. It's okay. like it's onion in Italian. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Long long lineage of uh, onion well, farming. Listen, my last name is Yano. That means the plains. So plains onions. We're, you, yeah. We got each other. Uh, also with uh, Ivan Lopez. And last but certainly not least, Lolita Stewart White. Thank you all three of you for for joining me today. And I mean, again, it's it's a round table here. We're we're talking about the Summer Shorts Homegrown Edition. It's an opportunity for the Arsht to really put the spotlight on on local talent, which is one of the things that I love that the Arsht does. They they don't just say they're about the community. They actually are about the community in, in so many different ways. So I kind of want to go around the table, because we're at a round table. Last time I was here, it was a square table. I, I already told Alex, next time I want a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I had a rectangle, a, a, a circle, and a triangle. That's what I want. So I'm seeing the camaraderie between the three of you. Like, <laughs> it, I, I, it's one of the few times I wish it was a video podcast, right? Because I, I'm like, I'm seeing it. I'm here for it. But I am going to start with you, Lolita, because I was raised a gentleman. And okay. uh, so that means ladies first. So, okay. I'll do a little bio here on you before we before we get into it. So, you know, you are a, a playwright, poet, screenwriter from Liberty City. Your work has appeared in the Boston Review, the Iowa Review, Plowshares, and most recently was anthologized in Blackfire this time. And now you're here at the Arsht with your play. So tell us a little bit about about what you're bringing what you're bringing back home. You mean as far as my my play is concerned? Woo! You did your homework, baby. <laughs> you did your homework. <laughs> I, I told you I don't come too prepared, but I come prepared enough to seem smart. <laughs> well, my play, the name of my play is Seven. And it's about a woman who is minutes before she's supposed to get married. Oh. And she has to make a decision about either remarrying her current husband or reuniting with her cheating ex. Oh, you would think that would be an easy decision. Mm. You would think, right? But we've all been there. We've all been in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe not at the altar necessarily, <laughs> but I think we've all been in that in that similar situation. And so, so is the, is the name of it is seven? Is that a reference to the amount of minutes that she has? Or? It's it's a reference to what it is is it's the creation of a bill uh, through Congress where couples must marry every seven years, or the marriage is null and void, baby. Null and void. Did you hear it? Did you hear me? For all you married couples out there, did you hear me? You know, I'm just going to go on a limb here. I don't know if any of y'all are married. I am not. But I don't think that's a bad idea. <laughs> I think that marriages should be reevaluated at least every presidential term. Every, you know, so in this case, it's seven, right? But eight, seven. eight years, right? Like if, if the president has to go, I think it's time to reassess certain things. Not a bad idea. Listen, the seven-year itch. That's true. The seven-year that's true. Lolita so, for Congress. Yes. <laughs> this is her official like the, running campaign. Yeah. It is. The problem with the seven-year itch though is that some people tend to have a rash. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's not an amount of desitin that's going to help some of those folk. What is so funny is it depends on where, because I'm married and have been married forever. Okay. <laughs> okay. Forever. And is my husband listening to this podcast? <laughs> Surprise. He's here behind the door. <laughs> 
and 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 even with my marriage, and I'm I'm happily married, but it would have depended upon <laughs> which seven years <laughs> as to where my mind would be. That's so fair. I think it's an interesting concept. That is that is very fair. Baby, please don't listen to this. That's, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's the surprise at the end of your play is whether or not you stay married. Yes. Like, and every night the answer changes. Yes. I love it. I do love interactive theater. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to my my onion friend, uh, you know Ariel. So you are Mexican Argentine playwright and dramaturg, which I have to say I love that term dramaturg. I only learned what it meant because I watched Smash. Oh my God! Yes, on NBC. Um, so that's the only reason I know what that is. Otherwise, I'd be like, Oh, is what part of the country is that from? Like, uh, I'd be like, Where's drama Turks? <laughs> that next to Tampa. Um, but you're living in Miami, and you recently um, there was a workshop production was presented at FIU of your first of your full length play. So you think you can stay? So what what do we have to look forward to with the summer shorts from from Ariel? Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having us. Um, so my play is called The Vultures. The Vultures? Yes. Okay. Super sinister. Okay. <laughs> seven, no, The Vultures. Because Seven was a very famous horror movie, right? And now you've got yes. The Vultures. Yeah. Like, uh, is there a theme here? <laughs> We're feeding off of each yes. other. Yes. Actually, that's always how this works. Like, we end up feeding off of exactly. each other's energies. <laughs> but no, The Vultures is about uh, three teenage girls who get together the summer before high school to reinvent themselves online to ensure success and popularity for the next four years and perhaps beyond. Okay. I have to say, though, I, I know we were just joking about it being a horror thing, but there is nothing scarier than preteen girls. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's I the think truth. I just that age group. That is so true. I and cross the street if I see a gaggle of them. <laughs> and like, my, my self-esteem cannot take it because they will criticize something and they won't tell me, but they'll look in my direction. And I'm not here for that. I, I think then you should stay away from okay. the <laughs> during, during the production of the, the Vultures, because that's exactly what it is. It's just teenage girls being teenage girls, and the worst of it can come. So, yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, I'm going to, and I'm, I'm going to come back, you know, so we can talk about everything. But I do want to shift over to, last but not least, Ivan Lopez, um, you know, Cuban-American playwright, theater artist. You're born and raised in Miami, like myself. Right. I got to ask, what part of Miami? Uh, Little Havana. Little Havana. Shenandoah. Okay. okay, I'm from Westchester. I won't hold that against you. Um, <laughs> you are on the theater faculty uh, at FIU, Florida International University, and you've directed and acted in uh, in Miami, New York, Denver, and Atlanta. So definitely a nice little robust uh, career you got there, my friend. Yeah, I just love the theater. So yeah, wherever, clearly. wherever it takes me, clearly uh, as, I, I go. As it should. So what do, you, what, what do you got in store for us as part of the Summer Shorts Homegrown Edition? So my play is called I Found This on the Web, and um, it's a dating play. Again, uh, horror, right? <laughs> I found this on the web. <laughs> it's not like... <laughs> yeah, I, I, you could kind of say that. You could kind of say that. But it's, it's uh, a play about dating in the age of infinite intelligence. So... I'm a, it's hard to talk about this play without giving a little bit of a spoiler. Okay, well, I don't want that. I don't want spoilers well, given it's away. A little bit of a spoiler. But. Eh. I love it. Yeah, con confer, <laughs> get together, decide yeah. before. With the committee. I feel like I'm playing Family Feud. Yeah. Okay, I won't tell you why, but there's, you know, um, I think part of, part of the genesis of the idea was uh, my interest in artificial intelligence and how it's kind of transforming uh, things and uh, thinking about different areas of our lives that artificial intelligence might have something to say 
Okay. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's the non-spoilery answer to that question. Okay, but right. it's it's a fun dating play, and yes, it's uh, th- there's a bit of a nightmare in there. A- <laughs> <laughs> in the theater, that's called conflict. Uh- <laughs> So one of the things I wanted, I actually, I wanted to, I know she wasn't able to join us today, Vanessa Garcia, you know, you have heard her, her episode with hashtag grace just wrapped up here at the Arsht and, and it was fantastic. Okay. I mean, was. She, love her, love, love yes. the work, love, love everything that she does and everything she puts into her work. And she's all over the Miami theater scene now. Oh, like, she is. Every theater is. is doing yeah. a Vanessa Garcia play. Yeah. I think she may have been cloned, like just to, to kind of <laughs> piggyback off of your right. thing. And there might be some AI working in there because she, it's just logistically impossible for her to be everywhere at once. But it seems like she is. No, that explains a lot. She's that boss. A lot. She, you know what? That's what she's it is. Boss. She's boss. She's and on boss. top of it all, she's an amazing mother. Oh, my God. Yes. And an amazing person. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, she's so she's, giving too. Like, really it is. oh my goodness, just phenomenal. She's an she really angel. Is. All right. Well, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you the checks that she gave me to give you. <laughs> right. So you can say that. Yeah. But no. Um, so you, know, you you are working with with Vanessa. You know, she's she's working with with, with all the playwrights. Um, everyone involved in in the summer shorts. Um, you know, developing these new works about the Magic City. And I do have a quote here from her. Um, that I was actually provided by the Art Center that I thought was really lovely. Um, she says, you know, there's so much talent in Miami. This program shines a light on that talent and helps launch it beyond the greater Miami area into the world. These are the voices that need to hit the... I'm going to rephrase that. These are the voices that need to hit the mainstream and represent what it means to be American today. And they will. So all I can say is get ready. Ooh. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. She made All it from right. Fuck all. all right. Y'all so she, she, y'all should be snapping on that. What she you is. Doing? She is like. Listen, I'm, I don't know what. Are we, are we synchronizing the? the yeah. Well, like a little jazz club. Low I want on this. Are we? Are we a beat culture? Now? Yeah. Beat, beat I'm, culture. A now. I'm a poet. I'm a poet. You That's are. What we you do. are. There There's shark action. Yeah. Low, you're a much better snapper than I am. Like, look at it. Like, this is. But again, poet. That's why the beat poet. She, right. she, exactly. it, it's innate. It's innate. But I, I, I bring that up because you know this is the the summer shorts homegrown edition, right? All, all of y'all are, are are from Miami, and I, I was wondering, you know, when when she says something like these are the voices that need to hit the mainstream and represent what it means to be American today, but it's you know it's from Miami, but it's greater than Miami, you know, when putting together your respective plays. Was there a certain element that you said, this is something that is universal, but also has a very distinctly Miami flavor to it? Because I think that's one of the things that, that we have found, and I'll speak on, on behalf of the podcast, is you know, we can't be two white guys from Kansas because we're not, right? We're two right. Cubans from, from Miami. But in that specificity, we have found that we have reached an audience, as far as, I'm not kidding, Cambodia. Like, so... Is there something to be said for that when when putting your your you know when writing your plays when sitting down to it that you feel maybe you didn't even think about it initially but you're like yeah this is kind of Miami-ish even though there is a universality to it I think that kind of comes out naturally because I I, I don't know I think Miami kind of sometimes gets undermined in the art scene and sometimes all the time <laughs> practically uh, we kind of have to fend for ourselves and and artists either feel like they have no choice but to go to LA or New York or Atlanta now to try yep. to figure it out and make it out and there are so many voices here and it's, it's so diverse um, but I think a lot of the problem with the industry is that when those voices show up the expectation is oh it doesn't sound Latino enough See, that's not what we were looking. We were looking for something that sounded a bit more ethnic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just all of these 
microaggressions, right, about our work and about what we're trying to say, when at the end of the day, what I wrote, whether you deem it to be like to Miami or not Miami enough, if it's like universal or not universal enough, at the end of the day, no one else could have written it but me, right? And, and I am put in, right, by all of this background of like being super proud to be from Miami, right? I've been here since like I was seven. I'm so proud to have been raised here. Um, and I think all of those influences of where I've lived and the friends I've had and the kind of relationships I've built in this city and because of this city, that will always come in through my work. Um, so it's kind of like, it, it, it's an integral part of who I am as an artist and you can't really take it away. It's never gonna be like enough sometimes for some industry members. And you know, I, I was born in Miami and, and when I was growing up, I couldn't wait to get out. I Same. was like, I'm so ready to get out of Miami. Like, Miami's terrible. Like, I'm going to move oh. somewhere else. And then I was out. <laughs> I, oh. I did. Well, no. So I, but, I spent, but, as a, but as a creative, you do oh have God, that yeah. feeling at, well, at some point, right? Yeah. Like, as, as a, no, really. You, 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 I you love never Miami. I was born in Miami. I was raised in Miami. I and love, I, I love, love that. Miami. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but Miami. And I'm not just saying this because I'm right. on this podcast. And it's okay. I, Sometimes we hate Miami, okay. so it's okay. I'm being rude. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Like, I love it now. Like, I, it took me to leave Miami to understand what we have here. Um, because Miami is such a unique city in that you have so many people from all over the world and people who, um, you know, had to come here either by choice or necessity and started a home here in a city that was really transformed by, um, by the people that, that moved here. And so we're like these hybrids, you know, in that we're not like me, for example, I, I was born of Cuban parents and I'm not uniquely Cuban, I'm not uniquely American, I find myself in the middle. And I think we are reaching a point in Miami where a lot of us are starting to come into our voice. And I think when we do, like, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of really interesting voices that are coming out of Miami that, like Vanessa said in that quote, are redefining what it means to be American and enlarge, enlarging that, that tent. Yeah, and my thing is, when, when I'm writing, I'm not necessarily thinking about, oh my goodness, I've got a, I'm from Miami. <laughs> so I need to put, you know, these elements that people associate with Miami. I'm Lolita, <laughs> straight, I'm Lolita. So it's, it's just, like Ariel said, it's what, isn't innately in me. It's what I want to express and what I want to write. I want to write things that I care about, that I'm passionate about. Because if that's if I'm not doing that, what what is what's the point? Yeah. I, I want to touch on something specifically, actually, with you, Lolita, based on something that that, that Ivan said. Is you know he said like oh we're finally finding that you know we have this voice or what, or what have you but you know you were saying like you always love Miami you always felt like you know what I don't I didn't want to leave which I I on a personal note from experience found to be the exception um, in terms of how creatives tend to feel or at least used to feel growing up in, in Miami it was like well gotta go to New York and get that you know do the boards and all that 
Ivan said something to the extent of like, we're finally feeling like our voices is, is, is emerging. Do you think it's that the voice is emerging or that we're finally being acknowledged that I we agree. have a voice? I agree with that. I think it's always been here, percolating, percolating. I've been here working the whole time, virtually mostly being a poet, but writing. And I can write anywhere. It doesn't have to be in New York. It could be outside over there by our cars. If I have an idea, if I have an idea, I'm pulling over, baby. Write this down. I believe you when you say that. <laughs> so, I mean, I could be in New York. I could be in Atlanta. I could be anywhere. But this, for me, this is home. I put on my flip-flops. The sun is outside. And I... What, what better place than this? I have artist friends and all they do is when, when I do go to workshops, they're like, you're from where? You're from Miami? I wanna move to Miami, I wanna. So why would I want to leave here? There's never been a thought in my mind. For me, it, it, it's either here, it's, it, it, it's either going to happen here or. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's okay. It's going to happen wherever you are. Exactly. Not where you are. Exactly. I love it. I love it. You're, I mean, they're nice and all. <laughs> You're kind of my favorite right now. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. agree. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We, 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 we are also in the Lolita fan club. Okay, okay, good. Do, do I get a button for when I leave like that says, I heart Lolita? <laughs> Because I, I, if not, uh, I can, we can make it. The button is L- Lolita likes to mark people. God, oh my God, God yes. <laughs> she, she's very specific about giving kisses on the cheek after she has put lipstick on. So that's the button. I will wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> we will see, listeners, if it happens at the end of the show. I, I may post a picture it will of it. Happen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, kind of to bring it to bring it a little bit back to you know just the you're all playwrights, but you know uh, you know you, you've done poetry, um, you know you've you've done some acting and directing, dramaturg, um, which is for those who don't know, um, a dramaturg. And please correct me if I'm wrong, is essentially somebody who comes in and kind of does punch ups on on somebody else's script. Would that be would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, the role of the dramaturg is like very encompassing, and actually, like if you if you look at like the the programs, the master programs that like do dramaturgy, they all define it very differently. Oh, okay. Um, so it's <laughs> it, it's very all encompassing. The way that I approach it, it's more so um, 
if I get invited into a room more so in, in the realm of like play development, mm -hmm. right? It's finding those like arcs and making sure that like things are running smoothly okay. <laughs> within the story. Um, and then also um, from sort of from the realm of being like, okay, when, when you um, are, are talking about things that are either historical or either things that require so much context, making sure that that context is present within the play and enough context that the audience might need. Um, so it just depends on what the project needs and the, what that particular playwright needs so that play development needs. But the role of the dramaturg is very expensive. <laughs> All right, so you sound, it sounds like it's the ultimate like project manager on steroids, evolved Pokemon, like just <laughs> next level, like. It's, and, and, it's, and the, the thing is that it's fun to me, but I was actually talking to, to some other dramaturgs that I, I, I met in New York a, a couple of weeks ago, that they were saying how that it's a role that like people kind of undermine a lot and the other actors sometimes feel like what are you doing here like what is the point of you being here and like just giving your notes to the playwright um and then in the end they'll be like oh once once all the line changes come in they're like oh this makes right. sense once their character starts to make sense right they, they appreciate <laughs> right it. exactly exactly but um so I, I was you know where i was going with it was actually more you know at what point did did each of you kind of realize you know I can be a playwright, like, you know, because writing is something that, I mean, I think at some point everybody probably thinks, like, I can write a book, or I've got, it. everybody thinks they have a story in them, right? I mean, I, for, for better or worse, everybody thinks they have a story in them, but at what point did, did each of you kind of go, no, no, I really do, and let me start down this path, um, you know, I, I don't know if if this is your first attempts at, at play, like, quote-unquote, I don't know if I'm saying this properly, but like proper playwriting in, in the sense that, you know, working with this program is, it seems kind of like a creative stewardship in a sense, or if this is like your 10th play that you've written, I, you know, I don't know the, the context, but how did that all kind of happen for each of you? They're all staring at each other. Oh, I'll, like I'll, they're all yeah, like, I'll go. Um, it's, I love it. I have been wanting to write for a long time, but to me, out of all of the things, um, uh, all of the creative kind of roles in the in the theater, writing is the most vulnerable because you are you are uh, finding a story that's coming from within you, and often we don't even know what's in that story. You know, there's stuff in there that we have no idea, and then the audience sees it and they're like, "Oh my god, that and that and that," and you're like, "Oh my, like you're looking into my soul right now," um, and so it's it can be kind of scary, and so. Um, for a long time, like I would get these ideas, um, and I've, I have ideas for plays that, I mean, I've been thinking about for like 15 years, um, and I would like write the first scene, and then the writing process was torture for me, because I would sit there, and I had this picture in my head, and I, I feel like I in, instinctively understood that I, I was not at the kind of talent level yet to bring it to where I saw it in my head, and so, um, also our own worst critics. Yeah, yeah, but you know, over time and doing other things and stuff like that, like now I'm finding myself at the page in a very different way. Um, I'm getting out of my way a lot more and embracing the mystery and embracing discovering things on the page. And it's, uh, I love it. I love it. And I really feel I still want to do the other things, but. I really, writing's what I really want to do. And so this program, Homegrown, and, and with Vanessa and with the seven other amazing playwrights that uh, we've been blessed to, to be uh, working with, 
um, it, it really has made me feel like a playwright, you know, and that's, that's very, it's wonderful. Yeah, I think for me, like it's... For a minute, I swear, I thought you guys were going to rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, we were. Like, 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 you go or I go. Or you go or I go. Go, go, go. Or let's figure it out. Well, you uh, only oh, do two? Oh, oh. What, what do you mean? It's rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Not just rock, paper. You, it, it's three and then you chew. Do it again. Do it, no, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Okay. You really uh, do wish this uh, was a, a video. I really do. Yeah, this is... Okay, there we are. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> I, I've been given permission to speak. Um, no, so I, I, I mean, I was told that I was like writing plays since I was like a very young kid. I would like put my family all together and I would give them all lines and I would say, this is how you do it. Uh, and this is what you speak. And yes, I know. So and you were a director from an early age as well. I was writing, I was doing the whole thing. Um, and it's just theater has been like innately in my bones <laughs> from a very young age. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I kept telling like my family was like I think this is it I think I know this is it um and I was just very focused on my studies for a really long time um because I needed to get a full ride to college <laughs> so I, I had to focus on that uh and that became the priority uh and and I did everything I had to do I busted my butt to do that um and I once I guaranteed that I had the full ride in junior year I went to my parents I was like I did what I had to do please let me do theater senior year. And I showed up to the, the theater teacher and I was like, I am writing a play. This is, uh, sorry, senior year of high school. <laughs> senior year of high school. And I was like, I'm writing a play. And it was the first time, I had written stuff before, but it was the first time that I was like, I am doing this because I've given myself the time. I did everything that I needed to and I've given myself the time now. Um, and I wrote uh, my first one act and um, I submitted to the thespian festival that all the high school kids do here um and and at that time one of the judges was susan westfall who is the um the founder of city theater um who and such a lovely human being by the way um and she read my play and she was like i love this um and it was like the the first time that was so validating because i didn't show it to my teachers or my classmates like she kind of was like you guys didn't even do a reading of this and my teacher was like, How, why wouldn't you even let us read it? And I was like, I just thought it was bad. Um, and and it, it was her who was like, you have what it takes. And she invited me to be a part of a program that City Theater did uh, in 2017 called um, Next Gen Young Playwrights, which was for high school students. And um, I met some other phenomenal playwrights. Actually, one of the playwrights in this cohort now, Fanesia Farrell, I met through there as well. Um, so it, 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 it's all becoming very full circle. Um, but it, I, I always thank City Theater for being the first ones to see me, recognize me at a young age, and be like, go, do. Um, and I think that that's where I always like, I'm like, okay, once I figured out and I had the support of, of people, it, it, I was like, okay, I can be an artist. And I think a lot of people in the city just need that. You know, that, that like push That's true. and that support to be like, you got this. Because as, as Lolita was saying, the art is there, right? Like it's not, we don't have to look outside of Miami for the art. The artists are here. A lot of them just need that little extra push to tell them like, you got this, there's outlets for you, you can do this. Um, and so yeah, I, that's, that's how my career sort of started out. And that's now I'm back here. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, that means you're up, Lolita. Yes, I'm up. <laughs> Mine is a little, I don't know. I spent a lot of time working. I was an inner city school teacher. 
Oh, wow. For many years at Brownsville Middle School. And uh, yeah, <laughs> no, but you know what? It's so strange because I love middle school kids. That's why I did it for so long. But that kind of got in the way of me being able to pursue some things I wanted to pursue. Things would happen. I was one of those artists where things would happen. Something amazing would happen, but then I'd have to go back to work. I started out as a screenwriter. I was actually a part of the Sundance Institute that, that, that came here. And, and, but, and I loved writing screenplays, but it was so demanding. And then I had my daughter, and it was just hard. So then I was like, okay, poetry. Poetry, something that I can, you know, so for many years I did that. So here was the weird thing. I got this fellowship um, in Tennessee um, in poetry, and when I was there, they said, well, you know, you, need, you have to take something else. You can't just take a class in poetry. So I was like, mm, okay, playwriting. So I went into the playwriting well, you'd program. you'd already done screenwriting. Why wouldn't playwriting? Right, yeah, so I said, yeah. that's a natural, I, I don't know that much about the theater, but let's see. And, and then I wrote this play, and then I came back here, and I said, I'm going to submit it. This is good. But actually, it wasn't. <laughs> but I thought it was. I thought it was. I'm sure it was better than you think it was. I said, I'm going to submit it. So I submitted it to the Cultural Affairs Council. And um, Adriana Perez called me, and she said, you know, it was good, but you've got, you've got work to do. And I said, okay, okay, listen, if something ever comes up and it's playwriting, tell me, please. Tell me. Okay, I promise. So she knew about Homegrown, the, the city theater, because I knew nothing of it. And she asked them to give me a call when this opened up. And I asked Gladys, hey, Gladys, girl, how you doing? No, you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked Gladys, I said, well, do I have to submit a play? Because I only have one, and it's the one that's <laughs> a problem. <laughs> and she said, no, you can submit anything. So I submitted my poetry. Okay. And that's how I got in. And these, these are my brothers here. I love them. They know. We fight. We love you back. <laughs> we, 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 but we love... That's, we love that, each other that's so what much. Are. That's it. But Go that's, ahead. But that's the thing about Miami, though. Like, I think, I don't know. Like, there's this like friendship kind of bond thing that happens, um, which I'm not saying it doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah. But there, it's a very unique kind of thing. And so, over these, how many months have we been doing? And you know what? A year. It's so it's Almost so weird because Wait, it seems like been, it's been forever. I know. Yeah. It's like it seems like yeah. I've known you guys. Yeah. For 25 years. Yeah, it's so weird. This has been going on for a year? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, 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 the workshop yeah, of it yeah. all? We started, yes. we started a year? like, oh, wow. I think, like I think less than a year. I didn't know it was that long. Almost a year. I thought Almost it was like a year. three I thought it was like three months or something. Like no, kind of no, a, no. no, we've been wow. living, you know, and, and Vanessa's never going to get rid of us. Do <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Vanessa? Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> She knew what she signed up for. <laughs> but no, it's, she knew. It, it's wonderful. You know, you put these eight playwrights together from different backgrounds and different experience levels and stuff like that, and we start working together. And that's, I mean, Vanessa, the way that she kind of structured the, 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 the program was we did a lot of writing together. 
And there's actually something that's kind of been born out of that that some of us are, are doing where we're, we're creating a collective piece yes. that we're all writing together. We all created a character. And then like Dungeons and Dragons style, Vanessa yes. Like, yes. like was like, okay, uh, Lolita and Ivan's character in a park, go. And we're like on a, a Google Doc and <laughs> just writing. Right, because I wasn't there. It was the one time I was not in the room. And we started writing. This is so funny. I was like, oh, my God. You know, this is my first time doing this as a playwright. And, and I was like, okay. And so I wrote this character. Go ahead. No, yeah. No, I wrote this character. It's, it's like this very mystical supernatural character and then I said the character's name is Q I said Q is in the trees at, in the tree and Ivan was like wait Q appears as whispering yes, leaves that's in what the I tree <laughs> where's the poet I will never forget that line Lolita I will never forget that line and if you would have seen his face on Zoom, That's like, great. how do I respond like, to this? Wait, is she in the tree or is she part on of the it? tree? Like, what? But then the scene just came out that we wrote in oh like 10 minutes. Oh my goodness, with my character and his character. And it was so funny. And usually I don't lean towards like that comedy kind of thing but it was just happening organically. And I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe it. And we're still going with these characters. So you gotta have us on again. That's, well, listen, <laughs> I will make it known right now. I will have you all on anytime you want because I'm having such a flipping blast right now. Like it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a little scary. Um, that I'm having this much fun with people I just met. But honestly, I gotta say like, your, your vibe is very contagious. You know, just what I'm getting from from the three of you, and and listening to you talk about the program again, I thought it was maybe like a, you know, three month course type of thing where you kind of come in with the initial idea of the play, and then you kind of work with Vanessa to sort of you know final draft it, and then maybe share it with one another, give notes. Like I, th I had a very different thought about what it was, but what I'm seeing here, and, and I'm going to tie it back to as a, you know, kind of we come to a close, I'm going to tie it back to the Arch Center, is the City Theater and, and Vanessa and the program, and just what I'm getting from just the three of you, and I'm assuming it expands to all eight, um, is a sense of community. Is that there is this 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 you know brotherhood, sisterhood, you know f familial. There's no one else who can speak to this experience because you eight are the only one who are having it, and nobody else will ever understand. They may do another course next year, but it won't be this course. Right. You know, it, this is this is unique in in that sense, yeah. and and that's so again so similar to to what I was saying earlier about you know the the Arch Center, in terms of really they look to give back to the community. So you guys came together as a community to create something for the community at a location that is about giving back to the community, and and I think that's kind of lost a lot of times. Nowadays, especially where everybody, particularly after the pandemic, if you think about it, you know, everybody kind of went off and had to be on their own, had to be very siloed. And you guys are like, yeah, that's cute, but no. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna work together and, and, and collaborate. And people lose sight of that, I think, a lot of times nowadays. Yeah, especially I think artists, like I think a lot of artists, I mean, it, it depends on the medium, but a lot of artists sometimes think that it's so 
singular and so unified. And I think for playwrights, normally it's like a very lonely journey because it's just yeah, you I thought so. alone in like your room, like in the darkness, just like <laughs> conceiving life onto I the page. Turn on the lights, Ariel. Right? Okay, turn well, the lights on. I, I think I think, Ari, I, think Ari, I think Ariel's going through some stuff. I think <laughs> right. Listen, I realize I realize that your last name in Italian is Onion, but you don't have to be underground right, like one. Right. It's okay. There's, there's better methods to write. I, right. I know that. I know that. <laughs> no, but I, I, I do think that like once the beauty of theater is finding that it's a collaborative craft. It cannot exist. A, a play means nothing if it's just words on a page that I just wrote and I put it away in a, in a, in a closet. It breeds life once you start having a director in it, once uh, actors start putting words into it and breathing life into the piece, it gains complete new meaning. And I think the more that we become appreciative of theater as a collaborative space, and then when we start inviting audiences, I'm so excited just for audiences to come and start being part of that conversation with us. Because I think a lot of these pieces have something to say about this city. They have something to say about our humanity. And having these conversations with, with our audience, it's not just, you know, yes, come, enjoy. It's going to be such a fun show. Like, genuinely, all eight plays are, like, phenomenal. I am impressed with every single person in, 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 in this program. But I also just, the beauty of, of what theater does to us. And I think I'm, I'm, I just cannot wait to have people through the doors and to get people talking about our pieces and just, like, have these conversations about what it means to be Mayamense, you know, in, in 2023. Yeah, and, and you know, Summer Shorts has a, a long history in the city. It's over 25 oh, yeah. years. Um, but this is the first time that it's featuring eight plays exclusively written by Miami playwrights. And I really think, I mean, we're, we're in the rehearsal process um, and, you know, just listening to these plays and, and knowing where they're coming from, I think it's gonna, it's gonna rank up there with the best. I'm just going to go ahead and say I haven't seen your plays, but based on what I'm getting from you guys, the bar has been set. <laughs> the because, bar has been set. Because I have to say, legit, like, the, the, the love and the passion that I'm getting from all of you guys, just talking about the experience. Like, you know, you guys, and I mean this is the best way possible, you're not even really talking about your individual plays, right? The fact that you're speaking about it collectively as this experience that you can't wait to share, I think that speaks volumes because, you know what? Look, I have a podcast. I always talk up my show. Anybody can talk up their own project, right? Like, I mean, that's part of the job. You know, you have to. But you guys are doing it collectively about just like the theater as as a medium, and that that excites the hell out of me. So I I can't wait to see. To and this see all is of your fam. Shows. This is fam. Yeah. For me, and I think you can feel. You can't fake that. No. The, for me, it maybe not blood, but their family. They're family. I got to mention Margaret on this podcast. That's my auntie. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> auntie, you hear me? Margaret, you hear me, Margaret? The, art, the artistic director. Yes, of the city. Margaret yes. Ledford. I <laughs> love her. For me, this has been God sent because everybody involved in this has been so generous. She texted me today and said, How was your for rehearsal? Yes, and how do you feel? And I said, blessed, because that's how I really feel. I feel blessed just to have gone through this journey with Ivan, Ariel, and the other playwrights involved in this. And I can't wait. Are you coming?
I am coming. Oh, oh, sure. right now. I love that, that. That took a turn all of a sudden. <laughs> she was. I mean, she was talking about. Which, by the way, so far Lolita is the only one who's mentioned that she's bringing listeners to my show. I'm just putting that out there for you guys. Okay. She's already mentioned three people who's like, I hope you're listening. I know you're listening. Or haven't heard anything from you guys. Okay. I'm just gonna say that. So you need to get on it because um, that's how this works. I need you to bring at least three. It's like a Tupperware. Right. Right. Okay. It's like a little pyramid yeah. scheme. It's, it's, it's a yeah. pyramid yeah. scheme. Everybody's got to bring a listener. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you become ultra mega listener and then right. there's a whole yeah it's a whole level thing uh, there's t-shirts but um no yes i am i don't know when i'm gonna be coming but i will be coming because listen miami folk there's no excuse oh it's only one week oh i can't get the sit or uh. you know what it is running from friday june 9th till sunday june 25th okay so y'all have a month to get your asses down here and watch not one not two not four eight Short plays, okay? You're getting, you want to talk about a value. Mm-hmm. You want to talk mm-hmm. about a value? Free, absolutely. Getting, you are getting a night at the theater with eight different stories, eight unique voices. And on top of that, okay, and I'm going to go ahead and plug this. Arsh did not ask me to do this, but they even have student tickets available for $15 with valid ID. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I don't even want to hear like, oh, you get so, oh, it's so expensive, and then the parking, and whatever. I'm like, you know what? If you're a student, you can pay $15, okay? And you know what? I know I've seen some of all y'all's shoes. You paid more than $15 for this, okay? <laughs> all right? So don't even start with me. All right? But again, I just want to thank the three of you for, for swinging by, and I want to thank the Arsh Center for, for coordinating this and for, for putting this together and continuing to really make sure that voices as unique as yours and as your your fellow playwrights are heard in in Miami when we think as we've said here sometimes we feel like maybe it's not that easy to to get our voices heard you know in the arts but there definitely are ways to do it and I'm so glad that it's being done by by people like the three of you so thank you so so much for coming by the show thank Thank you you for having having us Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 